It's time for the Moving the Chains podcast. Your home for high school football coverage in the Palmetto State. Every team, every game, every week. And now your host, Kevin Thomas and Jarrell Hendricks. Welcome in to Moving the Chains. I'm Kevin Thomas alongside Jarrell Hendricks. We're here for our Week 8 South Carolina High School Football Recap Show. Jarrell, a wild week across the state. A lot of, uh, you know, close games, some, some kind of some upsets here and there. Another big storyline is some injuries. Saw some key injuries all across the state to some big-name players as well. But another great, great football weekend of, you know, that we're getting only, only to have a, a couple left now here, it looks like. Yeah, man, week eight, you got to explain, you know, Friday's games as, you know, region play. Maybe some teams playing tight. Uh, maybe some teams starting to feel the pressure of trying to get a lock up a playoff spot. Um, just a lot that was going on. We saw some good football on Friday, especially at the game that we went to over in Anderson. Yeah, no doubt about it. Drew and I were at TL Hannah and Hillcrest on Friday. Great ball game. They're in two region foes there. This is you guys. First time tuning in, we really appreciate you. Check us out here on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera. Drew and I do a weekly recap show. It comes out on Sundays typically, this week on a Monday, due to some other obligations. But check us out also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Moving Change, M O V N C H A I N S. We do a live preview show Tuesday nights on Facebook right around 7 o'clock. Definitely tune in for that. We also post it on our YouTube page, Moving the Chains there. Our brand-new website, movingchains.com, M-O-V-I-N-C-H-A-I-N-S.com. Hop in there, check out our road trip, check out our uh, our locker room, our message board there, talk some trash for this region plug. It's going here. Love to have you guys in there, see our polls or post things like that. So lots of good stuff going on for you. Had head coach of the Saluter Tiger, Stuart Young, on last week. That interview's posted everywhere, too, so definitely tune in for that. But appreciate you guys tuning in. Like I said, like, subscribe, five-star, and everything like that. But let's give a quick shout-out to our sponsors here before we break down that T.L. Hanna-Hillcrest game. Carolina Orthopedic and Neurosurgical Associates is our Game of the Week sponsor. Kona offers the most advanced training and experience in orthopedic surgery, neurosurgery, sports medicine, and pain management in the upstate. Kona offers a synergistic approach for the spine, skeletal system, nervous system, and supporting structures, meaning total quality care for your optimal health. Three convenient locations in Spartanburg, Duncan, and Greenville. Go to Kona.care to learn more about Kona services. That's C-O-N-A dot care. Get your head in the game with Founders Federal Credit Union. See how Founders membership could elevate your financial game. Train your financial skills with our wide array of financial tools and services. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com today to see if you qualify for membership. Relax with Founders Federal Credit Union. Jarrell and I headed over to Jim Frazier Field, Yellow Jacket Memorial Stadium, Friday night for a crucial Region 1-5A battle between Hillcrest and TL Hanna. Really, uh, you know, the region championship technically with all the tiebreakers was on the line Friday night. T.L. Hanna came out early, got the ball, got stopped three and out by Hillcrest, and the Rams drove right down the field making it look easy, finishing with a 17-yard touchdown run by Logan Cauldron. They open up a 7-0 lead, 8-51 to go in the first quarter. And, Drill, at that point, we're like, hey, this is a – that was pretty easy for those guys. Not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of defense from T.L. Hanna on that first drive against Hillcrest. Yeah, Hillcrest definitely set the tone with the running game there, uh, trying to get Cauldron the ball. And uh, we saw some really, really nice throws from Bennett Judy. You know, you just can't question that kid's arm strength. Uh, but, yeah, we thought, man, this is not going to be good for Hannah, especially with them going quick with that three and out to start the game. Uh, but I don't know. The game would start turning after this first uh, couple possessions here. T.L. Hannah gets the ball back. They go on a nice drive there. Could they convert one-fourth down? Get it down to about the uh, the Hillcrest 17, I believe it was. They go fourth down again. Hillcrest stops them this time. They take over the ball there with a minute to go in the first quarter, and that score holds for the end of the first quarter, seven to nothing. Rams there. Um, the next drive, T.L. Hanna stops Hillcrest. They get the ball back. They're driving again. Hillcrest gets another stop on fourth down, take over their 30 with about five and a half to go in second quarter. They drive down the field there, convert on an eight-yard touchdown pass from Bennett Judy to Logan Cauldron right before the half. The PAT was blocked, which comes back to be a huge play later on in the game there, Drell. But that was a very impressive drive to me because, you know, we were talking about, hey, use your timeouts, use your timeouts, like do this, do this. Hillcrest was very under control, you know, use the sideline when they had it. 
you know, took their time, ran the plays they wanted to run, a, a very methodical, under control drive, even though there's only, you know, five minutes to go in the half when they got the ball there. Yeah, and you can just see that Coach Freight had a lot of confidence in his offensive players. You know, these are guys that have played a lot of football and played a lot of football together. Uh, so, like you were saying, we're the idiots in the stands. Like, you know, why are you not using your timeouts? Uh, but he knew exactly what he was doing. They run a perfect, you know, four-minute drive there to leave them with 15 seconds. That's not something that uh, Hannah's going to be able to score quickly with. Uh, so, they knew exactly where they were going. You hate that that extra point got blocked. Uh, because that definitely came back to rear its head in the second half. Yeah, so we go to halftime, Hillcrest leading 13 to nothing there, and it felt honestly not that close. It felt like Hillcrest kind of dominated the game there, but they only had a two-score lead. Coming out to start the second half, Hillcrest gets the ball. They drive down. They go forward on fourth down, and Hill and uh, T.L. Hannah comes up with a crucial fourth down stop, take over at their own 48 with about seven and a half minutes to go in the third quarter there. Can't get anything going again. Hillcrest gets the ball back. They drive down once again. They attempt a 26-yard field goal by Stephen Dyer, and it is blocked for the second time tonight. A kick, a kick was blocked by T.L. Hanna. They pick it up. Cam Strong picks it up. And this probably was the play of the night here, Jarrell. Not necessarily even the block kick, but just a big return afterwards was huge. He runs it back all the way to the Hillcrest 30 to give them great field position with 335 left in the third quarter there completely changed the dynamics of the game there with that return and that block. You know, if they go up 16 there, it's a completely different game, uh, but that's two block kicks. That's the Hannah special teams keeping them in the game. But quite honestly, their defense did a great job, you know, in the red zone and, you know, like short fields. Um, I want to say that that first stop in the second half, you know, they were they were definitely driving with ease and things just stalled when they got close to the red zone. Uh, so you have to give a lot of credit to that Hannah defense they were able to move the ball on offense, but it was, you know, just they weren't hitting any big plays. You know, it was, you know, five yards here, maybe a 10-yarder, uh, but they weren't able to get anything going other than they were they were milking the clock, uh, which would work out to their advantage later on. Yes, they were. So, T.L. Hanna capitalizes on that, finally gets on the, on the board with a one-yard touchdown by Shasheen Lattimore. Well, sorry, Shasheen Lattimer. They, uh, they get on the board to go down 13-7, to 34 seconds left in the third quarter. That's where the score holds in the third quarter there. To start the fourth quarter, um, Hillcrest has a great drive. You know, it bounces right back after giving up some points. They drive right down the field. They complete a pass to the one-yard line, a great catch, great throw by the receiver, but he has actually hit and he fumbles into the end zone. T.L. Hanna recovers in the end zone for a touchback. They get the ball with 10-22 to go in the fourth quarter drill. And just a massive play there on the defense. Like you said, red zone defense was great all night. Hillcrest had no problem moving the ball between the 20s, but really kind of bogged down around the goal line. And they came up huge with a stop there and a turnover there as well. Yeah, if the field goal block and return in the third quarter were the most you know important play to change the momentum, this was actually the most, I would say, important play of the game. Because if Hillcrest scores there, that pretty much ices the game. You're able, you know, they were they were having so much success with Logan Colder running the ball. So you would just have to assume the Rams would have kept running it. And then it would have changed the dynamics on offense for T.L. Hanna to where they would have had to start throwing the ball more and getting out of their comfort zone. So just an enormous play to fumble it. And not only fumble it, it goes in the end zone. So they get a touchback. So that way they're not backed up and they can just run their offense. Just a very, very crucial play for both sides. Yes, on the ensuing possession, T.L. Hanna gets a couple first downs, and then they hit a big play. Kenny Fretwell, 54-yard touchdown pass to Jalen Bowles, and T.L. Hanna takes their first lead of the game, 14-13, to with seven and a half left to go in the fourth quarter. Just a massive play. You know, not – we talk about that wing tee. You know, we don't expect them to throw it a lot. They've been throwing it more this year, but they had it at the perfect time. They hit him. Fretwell made a great pass there, Drill. Just a huge play, huge momentum play, huge, you know – uh, just 20-plus yarder there, big uh, big play for the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, it's a play they had to come back to, actually. This is one that they had missed in the first half, the same exact play where Fretwell just made the wrong read and didn't make the best of throws. But he threw an absolute dime on this one to connect uh, for that touchdown. And uh, this kind of just took the wind out of Hillcrest's sails here at the end of the game, uh, just completely flipped over the dynamics of the game in a game that Hillcrest had pretty much dominated from start to finish. Um, and, you know, not start to the finish, but up until this particular point. And uh, just a great way for Hannah to just 
you know, lulled them to sleep, to sleep. It's a situation for, you know, DBs uh, where they're coming up and having to be physical and having to tackle all game, do stuff they don't want to do. And then here comes the bomb and they're not necessarily ready for it. Uh, so just a terrific play call and even better execution for the Yellow Jackets. For sure. So after that touchdown there, T.L. Hanna, they've been kind of pooch kicking it all game to kind of keep it away from from uh, Avery McFadden back there and B.J. Jones and those guys. So they pooch kick it. Hillcrest gets it around probably midfieldish or so. They hit a couple nice plays, get down to uh, about the 20-yard line, I believe it was, Jarrell, fairly quickly there of T.L. Hanna. And then they bring some pressure. Um, they get to Bennett Judy. Two guys come free, tries to slide between them, gets rolled up on in the back there, uh, fumbles the ball. T.L. Hanna recovers and run it back to their 35. So they take over with the lead, 6.59 to go in the fourth quarter there. And Bennett Judy was down, hurt, injured. Huge, uh, huge loss for for the for Hillcrest there. I mean, that guy is the heart and soul of their team. They needed him there. Uh, great call by T.L. Hanna to get some pressure on him. But just a, just a wild play that, that once again, Hillcrest had the momentum going into score. And they turn it over once again, Jarrell. Most definitely, yeah. Going into score, you know, going to seize back momentum. Again, another good drive where they're leaning on Logan Coldrum. You know, Bennett Judy's making plays. They get there, and then unfortunately he gets injured. They fumble the ball. T.L. Hanna, you know, takes enough, takes advantage. you got to create turnovers, you know, in these situations. And T.L. Hanna just continued to make these huge plays and critical plays um, throughout the game. So T.L. Hanna taking over with 6.59 left. They get one first down. They're obviously milking the clock there with that wing tee. Then Hillcrest steps up, gets a big stop on third down. You know, they were at a, a position drill where we thought they were probably going to go for it if they didn't get the first down there because they had, I think, maybe third and two or so, something like that. Hillcrest gets yeah. a stop to back them up to about third and five, third and six. They decide to punt it. Hillcrest takes over at their own 23 with 236 left, down a point, and Bennett Judy not in at quarterback. Back up, uh, had to come in for those guys due to the injury. Actually makes a couple nice throws. So they complete one first down. They get a couple balls out to the flat, get out of bounds, things like that. Has a chance on second down to hit uh, Logan Cauldron on second and short. Got a little bit of a high throw. Still thought he could have caught it, but kind of gets over his head there. Goes to third down. And another huge play for T.L. Hanna. They bring some more pressure, get a sack, and the quarterback's helmet comes off as well, Drell. So he has to come out for a play. Just a odd situation. And, you know, it was weird to us. You know, maybe we were looking at the score wrong. We thought TL or we thought Hillcrest had some timeouts left. We thought you might want to use one there to make sure your second, your second string quarterback can get back in the game. Instead, they run the third string guy on there. Um, he tries to, you know, complete a deep ball there on fourth down, kind of a miscommunication. He, he throws a deep, a deep, you know, just go route. Receiver kind of runs an out route. Ball lands incomplete. Uh, on fourth and 15, Hill, uh, Hillcrest turns it over. T.L. Hanna takes over, and they basically just win the game right there. Just an odd situation with the sack, helmet coming off, third stringer coming in. Uh, just a, a wild last you know minute, minute and a half there between those two teams for sure. Yeah, and I might be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure they had one timeout left in that situation. And you've got to think, like, I understand holding a timeout. You know, maybe you think you're going to need it as far as if you got you don't want to run a field goal unit on, something like that. Uh, but that's the most critical play of the game. And you would think that, you know, you can take a timeout, perhaps get your second-string quarterback in the game. You know, just be able to regroup and get these guys refocused for that fourth-down play. Uh, but unfortunately, they did not. Unfortunately for them, they didn't do that. And uh, T.L. Hanna wins a really, really great ball game. Uh, just a lot of grit and determination from the Yellow Jackets. Very impressive. And they lock up that region championship. Yeah, and it, you know it's not like it was a fourth and one, fourth and two. You can hand it off to Colt. It was fourth and fifteen. <laughs> it was a huge yeah. play. I mean, there's you don't have a lot in the playbook for fourth and fifteen, honestly. So you would think you'd want to get the second string guy in there. Um, but, you know, actually, when I went and watched back or went back and watched some of that game there drill at that last drive, and I think on the first down play they got seven or eight. The guy you know made a beeline for the sideline. I think he may could have gotten the first down if he had tried to cut it up which came back to bite them. Obviously, I, I get the point. You want to get out of balance, save the clock. I get it. But it came back to hurt them when they couldn't get anything uh, after that first down play there. So, tough loss for the Rams. T.L. Hanna wins 14-13. to 13. They lock up the region title there. Just like I said, a great win for those guys. You know, this is a, a series that's been very competitive. Two years ago, uh, T.L. Hanna won at home to win the region. Last year, Hillcrest beat T.L. Hanna over in Chandler Stadium in, Mal or in uh, Simpsonville there to win the region. This year, T.L. Hanna wins again at home to win the region. So, 
a lot of back and forth in these two teams. You know, two teams that know each other very well, been in the same region together for a long time now. Just a, a great ball game there, a lot of fun. You know, great facilities there at Anderson, as always, at TL Hanna. We actually caught up with uh, Coach Tone after the game for the interview here in a second, Drell. But just a, a great ball game. You know, I didn't see it being that low scoring. I was thinking we're, you know, both teams being the 20s probably. I think one of the keys, and I think, you know, when we, we noticed it during the game, I think that T.L. Hanna did a really job taking away Avery, Avery McFadden. I mean, he's, yeah. you know, Hillcrest's biggest playmaker, you would say. Wasn't able to get loose deep, only caught, you know, a couple, you know, little swing routes or, you know, kind of quick passes there. Wasn't able to get anything down the field. Logan Colton had a big game for Hillcrest because that's kind of what T.L. Hanna was giving them. But they didn't allow the explosive play, and that was a key, I think, to their success Friday night. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I was really impressed with that improved Hillcrest defense. I think they did a fantastic job, obviously, holding, you know, a T.L. Hanna offense to 14 points, something that you don't see very often in that wing tee that they run and execute very, very well. Uh, but going back to that, that Hanna defense, they were very physical with the receivers. Seems like they had a great plan. Like you said, they were going to they were willing to give up, you know, the running plays to Cauldron allow him to to make plays, but they did not give up any, you know, many explosive plays, did not let those receivers get loose, you know, not just McFadden, but also Neal had a quiet game for the Rams. Um, and it's a situation where I think Hannah, they just rose up to the moment. Maybe it was a little bit too big for Hillcrest. I think that, you know, we saw in pregame, maybe they were just a little bit too excited because they knew what was on the line. Maybe started feeling the pressure a little bit, whereas Hannah was didn't feel as much pressure coming in, you know, not as ranked as highly. And uh, they just took advantage of it. Just a really – I'm so impressed by T.L. Hannah, especially earlier in the season. They had that ugly loss. Uh, coming back last week, struggling with J.L. Mann, and to knock off Hillcrest in that fashion at home uh, just shows the grit and fortitude of this Yellow Jackets team. They're used to winning, um, and they put that on display Friday night. Great coach team there by Coach Tone. Like you mentioned, you know, they came from behind two weeks ago to, to win that game of there with J.L. Mann to give them even a chance to, to win the region. So they've had a couple big-time ball games in a row, a couple, couple great comeback wins. These guys just don't quit. He told us in the interview, you know, we just find a way to win. That's, that's a great way to put it. They really did. Um, and then, you know, on the Hillcrest side, you mentioned that kind of being too big of a moment, which is kind of an odd thing to think about because, you know, that's a very veteran team, a team that yeah. won the region last year. You wouldn't think that would be the case, but you you may be right. Um, do you want to make a quick update on our friend there, Bennett Judy? You know, he went out with the injury. Um, heard it was just a sprain, not broken. So, that is good. So, he's hoping to be back this week, hopefully. Uh, just got a lot of ice and rest, of course, there. So, hopefully not too bad. But – uh Let's hear from Coach Jason Tone now before we wrap up the TL Hanna Hillcrest game. Darrell uh, Henderson with Moving the Chains. I'm here with Coach Jason Tone of the TL Hanna Yellow Jackets. They just pulled off a stunner today, winning 14 to 13 over Hillcrest. Coach Tone, talk about that second half performance of your defense and more importantly, your special teams. Well, uh, I wish I could say it was, you know, my inspiration at halftime, but these kids just fight extremely hard. Uh, Tegan Cole came off the edge, blocked, I believe, two field goals. Um, you know, one of them we ran back uh, to get us in a plus start, uh, and then we forced two fumbles, one in the end zone, uh, to get a touchback. I just – I can't say enough about how hard our kids fought. Uh, Hillcrest is a phenomenal team. They moved the ball down the field on us, but we just bowed our net uh, when it counted. And uh, I can't – like I said, I can't say enough about how hard our kids fought. So you had a difficult loss in week two against Westside. You guys went into overtime last week against Jail Man. Just speak to the resiliency of this football team this year for you guys. Well, I wish I could tell you that, you know, we're, you know, we just seem like we're up and down. But I will say this, we find a way to win. You know, uh, anything that could go wrong went wrong against Westside, and we hung our head, and we felt sorry for ourselves, and Coach Early and them did a great job. And I just preached to our kids that that's not going to happen again. No matter what we're – the scoreboard's not going to dictate how we play. And I think our kids have kind of bought into that. And no matter if we're up or down, they're going to continue to fight and continue to play. Wing T team, biggest play of the game, I will say for you guys, was a 54-yard touchdown pass from Fretwell to Bowles. Talk about that pass, and did you guys kind of lull them into sleep with something you saw on film there, or what was it? Oh, yeah, I mean, that's the nature of our offense. I mean, we, we're, we're run heavy, and uh, we try to take advantage of dual responsibility players. You know, if an uh, outside linebacker or strong safety is coming up, you know, we try to, you know, we just try to, you know, make them do both. It's hard to stop the run and cover the pass. And 
so, you know, we, we saw something. We took a gamble. You know, it wasn't like, wasn't like he was going to be wide open, but, uh, you know, Fretwell made a great pass. We hit a 50-something yard touchdown in a 70, or no, a 60-something yard touchdown pass last week. So, uh, you know, Kenny's doing a good job. He's getting his footwork down and just helps our offense go when we can complete those passes. Scott, this win puts you in control of the region. Uh, just speak to how important this game was, especially playing here at home. And you guys took a, a tough loss of the same team last year. Right. You know, like I said, Coach Freight has done a great job at Hillcrest. Uh, I am. I, I will brag on his program to anybody that asks because he's he's done a great job. They they've got a lot of talent. Uh, they're explosive on offense and they're physical on defense. Uh, but our kids, you know. You know, they were hurt last year. You know, we had 41 seniors, a group that was undefeated coming in. It's, it's a lot like the roles reversed. You know, they, they were the more experienced team. Uh, they were undefeated coming in. And it's almost like this year's a little different, opposite of last year. And uh, our kids just, just put it on, on their backs and, and played hard. I, I'm almost at a loss for words. I'm so tired. <laughs> Absolutely stunning game here. The TL Hannah Yellow Jackets win it 13, excuse me, 14 to 13. A stunner take over the region. Coach Tone, we just thank you for your time and congratulations. Thank you so much. Go Jackets. That was head coach Jason Tone of the TL Hannah Yellow Jackets. Victorious Friday night, 14 to 13 over the Hillcrest Rams to win the region championship. Jarrell, I don't know about you, I had a great time over there at TL Hannah. Great facilities there at Jim Frazier Field. Pretty good concessions, not the best, not the worst, but pretty solid there. Just a, a great Friday night of football over there in the Electric City. Most definitely. And just one more thing about this game. I think it's going to be like the game we were at two weeks ago between Salute and Strom Thurmond. I think when Coach Freight and his team turned on the tape, you know, Saturday and Sunday, they're just going to see so many missed opportunities, um, which hopefully propels them in the playoffs to do better. This was such a huge game as far as playoff seeding, um, winning that region championship. Now they're going to be a two seed. But hopefully, you know, we know Hillcrest is a really, really good team. Hopefully they're able to bounce back from this and show how good they are in the playoffs, learn and grow and fight through that adversity, excuse me. But that was just a really great game and all credit in the world to Coach Tone and the T.L. Hanna Yellow Jackets. Uh, but as we move on, that game final was 14 to 13. Uh, that was the first of our games of the week presented by Kona. Uh, as we move on, we go down to 3A. This was another big time region matchup. Uh, according to us, it's more so on paper, and I think that the game proved that. Uh, we had the Daniel Lions facing off against the Seneca Bobcats, and Daniel just continues to roll through opponents. They win this game 41-3. to I mean, This game was over early. I think it was – I think Daniel had scored like 17 points in that first half before Seneca really even got the ball. It's just a situation where this, this Lions team – we want someone to test them in like that traditional Western 3A region. They just cannot get tested there, and uh, they just roll again. And I think that locked up their region championship um, over the Seneca Bobcats Friday night. So many weapons for the Lions. I know Jalen Brown Wallace had a huge game for them, like a couple touchdowns, 100-plus yards receiving there. But they've got so many guys with him and Merck and then Kelly and Tory Shaw, just lots of weapons, playing some great football. Can't wait to see that upper state 3A playoff bracket. That's going to be a lot of fun once we get rolling in a couple weeks. And just going back to that game, we continually talk about that Daniel offense, but how about this defense? Yeah. They lost a lot of key contributors from last year's team. They held Seneca to three points. I think they had seven or eight sacks, if not more, in this particular game. Uh, the Lions just continue to get it done on both sides of the ball. They're not going to be tested until they get into the playoffs, probably probably not until the third round or so. Uh, but congratulations to the Daniel Lions. But moving on, a more closely you know, contested game. This is a two-way matchup, uh, and we saw Woodland knock off Wade Hampton of the Low Country. They won this game 21-14. to This is a game in which Wade Hampton led – 14 to six in the half uh, Woodland comes back to score two touchdowns in that two point conversion in the third and fourth quarter, get a goal line stop at the end of the game. Um, and Woodland's able to pervert, excuse me, preserve their perfect record. Big, big, big win for the Wolverines there. You know, a little bit of a look ahead spot, I guess you could say, looking ahead to Barnwell this week. You probably you think they wouldn't because Wade Hampton is a pretty big, big opponent there as well. But great win there. Sedarian Harrison does a great job at quarterback, really a dual threat guy there. Big game from Aaron Pulliam. Had a lot of tackles. You'll hear his stat line here in a little bit. Really got it done for the Wolverines. But just to, to, to battle back from that adversity, you know, being down eight at halftime to a good squad there. Great win for those guys. 
They continue to impress week in, week out. Just love what they're doing there with Ingram at running back and Simmons out wide to go with Harrison, who picked up another offer, I think a VT offer this week to go with his Virginia offer, I believe I saw. They play some yeah. great football uh, down there at Woodland for sure. Yeah, and this sets up a region championship matchup between Barnwell and that re- uh, region six down there, a game that we're more than likely going to be at on Friday night. Uh, just really excited about that game. Like you said, maybe a look ahead, but that is a talented Wade Hampton team. That's a that's a team that's going to be dangerous in the playoffs as well. They've played some really good ball. I think that's their only only their second loss on the season. Uh, so just a really good ball game down there. Uh, but moving on, we had Sumter facing Carolina Forest. It's another pivotal region matchup. This is a game that was tied twenty-one all. I think in this in the second half, in uh, Sumter, you know the Gamecocks known for their defense. Gave up three touchdowns, but they were able to pull away late uh, due to their offense, uh, winning this game 42-21. to Yeah, you know, running back Zion Gilbert had a big game early for Carolina Forest, had a couple nice touchdowns to keep them in it. And Sumter just proved to be too much. You know, I'm impressed with the offense. You know, we keep wanting them to get it going, and they finally did. Uh, the people's kid at running back had a nice game there. I know Zaire Gamble, I think, had a pick six. I keep saying week in, week out, get that kid involved, whether it's put him at Wildcat, put him at Wild, whatever it is. You've got to get the ball in his hands. He's one of the most dynamic playmakers in, across the state here. But, you know, big game for the Gamecocks, you know, breaking breaking that one wide open. You know, 21 all and to score 21 an answer there was is huge. Big win for them. That probably locks up the region. If not officially, it's got to be really close for them because um, you, you got to think Carolina Forest is probably the number two team there behind them. So, big win for Sumter. Uh, they continue to roll, just kind of flying under the radar a little bit right now, it seems like. Yeah, they took a hit losing to Oceanside a few weeks ago before they got into region play. Uh, it was kind of an ugly loss. I think they got shut out 28 to nothing there. And since then, they've just regrouped. Uh, it's a team that's going to be dangerous in that lower state. You know, they're going to be good. Know the defense is good. Starting to figure some things out. And then got one of the best playmakers, like you said, in Zaire Gamble. Uh, so Sumter, they have an impressive win, 42 to 21 over Carolina Forest. But moving on to our Skiza game of the week, uh, this was a really tightly contested matchup, uh, one where the PD Academy Eagles, they get over the hump. They beat Hilton Head Christian 26 to 22. Uh, we mentioned this on the Friday Night Spaces. This is maybe a preview of the state championship game in that classification. For sure. Golden Eagles finally exercised some demons. You know, Hilton Head Christian, two-time defending state champs, had beaten PD two years in a row in the playoffs, knocked them out. Golden Eagles get a big win. Uh, they're up 19 to nothing, actually, early in the game. Give up a touchdown. They throw a, a late pick six right before the half. Kind of a, a fake spike kind of play. Just a little bubble screen, and the guy just cut it and took off there to make it 19-14 at half. Um, but, you know, had a pretty pretty good second half as well. Had the lead there. Um, Hilton and Christian had a chance late. They were driving. PD Kemp with a crucial fourth down sack to kind of end that drive. But really, this is a, a, a game where both quarterbacks had a, a big-time ball game there for them. You know, Dylan, Dylan Clark for Hilton and Christian – had a big game throwing the ball, also had some really good plays where he kind of extended the play and were able to get on the run, things like that. Then Hudson Spivey, week in, week out, continues to, to show why he's one of the best in the state there. Another big game, three touchdowns for him there for the Golden Eagles, and just a huge win for them. Uh, I do want to shout out, like you said, Coach uh, Brian Davis, hopping in the spaces with us after the game Friday night, breaking that down. That was a lot of fun to hear from him. Big win for those guys, uh, and I think you're right, Joe. I think this is a game we're probably going to see again here uh, – probably in Charleston for the state championship. If not, maybe that round before here in a few weeks. Just a colossal win for PD Academy. Just great for them to, to get that victory. And it just sounded like it was just an outstanding ball game on Friday night. Uh, but they win it 26-22 to 22 in our Skiza game of the week. Going back through our games of the week presented by Kona, uh, we had T.L. Hannah knocking off Hillcrest, who's been ranked second, even getting some first-place votes. Um, and the Yellow Jackets are definitely going to be in that top five after this week. They win 14-13 to 13 over the Hillcrest Rams. Uh, Daniel just destroys Seneca. They win this game 41-3, just exerting their dominance um, in that region and taking control of 3A football in the upstate. We had Woodland beating Wade Hampton 21-14 to in a barn burner of a game. Sumter pulls away late over Carolina Forest, winning 42-21. to And PD Academy, again, beat Tilton Head Christian 26-22. to Kevin, let's look at our games in the Pick'em Contest presented by Hannah Engineering. The first one we had here is Somerville knocking off West Ashley. Uh, this is a big-time game from the quarterback of the Green Wave, Campbell Murray. Um, I think he scored four total touchdowns in this game. Wait, West Ashley is a team that had played really, really well. They've now dropped 
two in a row, a pivotal matchup in that region seven and five a, but Somerville just looks like they took control of the game, uh, led from start to finish and just completely dominated West Ashley on Friday night. Yeah. I was surprised by how many points they scored. You know, West Ashley's been playing pretty good defense. It seems like all year, but Somerville got loose. Uh, you know, Marquez spells there at running back uh, Yannick Smith out wide. That's some big plays for those guys. Like you said, Campbell McMurray, big game there at quarterback for them. Somerville, another team that's kind of flying under the radar in 5A just because that that lower state 5A in that Charleston area is just not very strong other than like Fort Dorchester typically, like you said. So, um, interesting to see how good they really are. But big win for those guys. Uh, hats off to, to, to Coach there getting that win for the Green Wave. Yep, congratulations again. That's Somerville knocking off West Ashley 34-13. to Another crucial game that we had here in the upstate – um, over in Spartan, or excuse me, over in Roebuck, Dorman and Burns. Dorman wins this game 25 to 22. This is a game where they controlled early, let Burns get back into the game, and then they were able to kick a late field goal to win. Uh, it's a situation where Dorman dominated every statistical category, uh, but the Burns Rebels sure showed their grit, determination. They've been battling through a lot of adversity the last few weeks, able to come back, make this a close game and almost knocked off the Dorman Cavaliers Friday night. Dorman up 22 to nothing there in the second quarter. Burns comes back to tie it up 22 all. Like I said, just dominated up front by, by Dorman at all the stats in their, in their favor. Demarius Foster, a big game for them. You know, Hudson Talley threw it pretty well. Burns didn't do anything hardly offensively, didn't feel like. Uh, had a one big play from Bomar there. They kind of put him in there at quarterback for a minute. I think they recovered a fumble for a touchdown as well. It was a big score for them. But hats off to the Dorman field goal kicker. He was 0 for 3 on the night coming in and drills that 40-yarder with 22, 25 seconds left to win the ball game there. Big win for the Cavs. Uh, you know, Burns, like I said, had a little, little bit of an injury bug here lately. They, they're still a talented team, I feel like, but that's a game where maybe going into it, you didn't feel like you had a chance to win. But when you got in the game and you're that close, it still hurts to lose that one when you gave yourself a chance late in the ballgame. Most definitely, and this is a situation where Dorman continues their path. They remain unbeaten, uh, so this sets up, you know, a matchup where they're going to probably be pay- playing Gaffney for that region championship. It's also a situation on the other side where Burns is probably looking at a four seed, probably going to be the most talented four seed in the playoffs, uh, but the Rebels just continue to show their grit, uh, even though they lost that game, just them battling back, getting dominated in the stat sheet, but still making this a ball game to where Dorman has to kick a 40-plus yard field goal to win it uh, just shows, you know, how well that the Rebels are playing. Uh, but moving on, dropping down to 4A, we had Westside knocking off Greenwood in a lower scoring game than we anticipated. This game was 31-21. to This is a Westside team that knocked off T.L. Hanna in a big-time matchup earlier in the year. They're able to – they figured something out on that defense and was able to hold Greenwood to 21 points on Friday. Yeah, kind of an odd game for Westside. They actually ran the ball a good bit there in the second half. I think they had 100 yards running as a team in the second half. Hunter Pickett ends up with 146 on the ground. Big game for him there. In West Side, the defense, you know, John and I saw them two weeks ago, could not stop Greenville for anything. Uh, but, you know, Drill mentioned off air, maybe they just know something against this wing T because now they've got wins now over Greenwood and TL Hanna. Holding Greenwood at 21 points is a very, very impressive performance there. Big win for the Rams. You know, I guess their hope now is that Greenwood finds a way to knock off Greenville and sets up a three-way tie there at, at that top of that region. Actually, that's not even the same region anymore. As I, I'm all confused, I think. But anyway. Hey, no, you're, uh, right. you're, you're in the right region. They are in the right Okay, yes. Okay, yeah. So that's their hope is that Green Greenwood can now knock off Greenville yep. in a th- three-way tie, which may happen. You never know. I think that game is actually this week or next week there. But big win for Coach Early and the guys. Cutter Woods is a really good player at quarterback for this guy. He's a sophomore, can really sling it. Westside's offense is going to be tough for anyone, you know, in the playoffs. I just don't know if the defense get enough stops and make a deep run. We shall see. But big win on Friday night over at the Bab for sure. Yeah, I think Westside's just praying that, you know, the team they play against or match up against is going to run the ball because obviously that run defense seems to be okay. They just struggle with the pass. Uh, but congrats to the Rams there. That's a very good good game. It's looking like they're at least, you know, at a, at a minimum going to be a two-seed. Uh, so, you know, crazier things have happened. Greenwood could knock off Greenwood um, and, you know, set up a tiebreaker there. So that would be very interesting. But a very good win for Westside over Greenwood. Moving on, 
a team that's been, you know, shuffling a little bit, picks up a much needed victory. The South Point Stallions, they knock off Indian Land 19 to 7. This is a game that Indian Land led at the half 7 to 0. Uh, South Point's able to score some points in the second half and cruise to a victory there. Uh, the Stallions get some much needed medicine in a win here over Indian Land. Yeah, 19 points, third quarter, big game there for the Stallions in the second half. A game they had to have, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, this team was left for dead. They put together a couple nice wins now, you know, beating Lancaster, beating Indian Land. Indian Land trending the wrong direction, certainly here. But South Point has given themselves a chance to maybe get a two seed here, um, depending if the, if the cards break the right way. They've got a big matchup with Northwestern this week. They've got to win that one to have a chance at that. But they gave themselves a chance. That's all I can ask for you. They kind of hopefully figured it out a little bit. They hadn't really got the offense going like I thought they would um, the last few weeks. But big win for the Stallions uh, and Indian Land. They're in, a, they're in a tough spot now for sure. Yeah, it's a situation where it seems like they've got some things figured out on the defensive side of the ball, but that offense is definitely struggling. Uh, don't know who was playing quarterback this week for Sal Point, uh, but they got to figure out some things if they're going to have any shot against Northwestern because we know that they can put up some points. Uh, so I don't know if you can ride the defense in that particular game, uh, but like you said, it's an impressive win. Good for them to bounce back in that region. And, uh, you know, just happy that the Stallions are, are playing a little bit better after some poor performances in the middle of the season. But moving on, we had a defensive slugfest, uh, Lamar and Hannah Pamplico. Lamar ends up winning this game 15-8. to eight. Uh, Got to give credit to that Lamar defense, holding the Hannah Pamplico a high-flying. They like to sling the ball around in their offense, holding them to eight points. This game was close throughout, uh, but Lamar is just able to, you know, keep that distance throughout the game and uh, knock off the Hannah Pamplico 15-8. Uh, to eight. Sewer Fox is up 15 to nothing. Hannah Pamplico scores, goes for two to make it 15 to eight. All they could get going there really all, all night long. You know, Lamar, I talked about last week, I think on our recap show and on the preview show I did with John as well, a team that's flying on the radar on 1A. Their losses are to Dylan and Andrew Jackson, which are two, you know, fine losses. Those are really good football teams there. Tyler McManus doing a great job at quarterback there. You know, Coach Pierce doing a great job in his first year. Lamar's going to be tough in 1A. Another great win for those guys there on Friday night. And, uh, you know, hats off to Coach Johnson and the Red Raiders, too, for playing tough. You know, a team that hadn't had their best season, still fighting, still playing tough, just didn't quite have enough firepower to beat Lamar on Friday night. Most definitely. And then we we move up to 4A here, a team that, you know, is just, again, continued to fly under the radar and just continues to play solid football all season. That's AC4 Falcons. They knock off Irmo 35-21 to 21 Friday behind Star running back Markel Townsend. Uh, we'll talk about him a little bit more as we progress through the show. Uh, but the AC4 Falcons kind of just controlled this game, uh, kind of like they've been doing all year. They've just keep been keeping teams at arm's length. You know, they never really blow people out, I would say. Uh, but they win comfortably every single week. Uh, no, no different in this case here, winning by two touchdowns over Irmo to take control of that region for sure. A little bit of a revenge game here. I know Irmo knocked those guys off last year to kind of set up a three-way tie there for first place with some weird stuff in that region. So, big, big revenge win there for the Falcons. And Coach Floyd in his first year is doing a great job. Like, like you mentioned, Markel Townsend plays great football there. We know Lofton outside, you know, crew base, those guys. They they are really good. Like I said, they're, they're ranked high. They're still ranked in the top three in 4A. But I just feel like nobody's talking about them. You're exactly right. So, big win for them. They continue to win. Um, continue to play great football and, and big win Friday night uh, for Coach Floyd and those guys. And if we're being honest, you know, we're not really talking about them because what's really their signature win on the season? And, and that's the hard part in looking at it. You can only, you know, play the teams on your schedule, but there's no really like wow win that they've secured so far. I mean, the same case can be made with like Daniel as well. You know, they don't really have a wow win, but I just think that Daniel, you know, they're just winning in such a, you know, dramatic fashion, whereas, you know, AC floor is not necessarily blowing teams out every single week, uh, but this is a very solid football team. And uh, I think Markel Townsend is one of my favorite players in the state, and they're just going to continue, I think, to win throughout and um, into the playoffs. They're going to be a tough out for anyone. Uh, but again, that's our pick em contest presented by Hannah, Hannah Engineering. Those scores, once again, are Somerville 34, West Ashley 13, Dorman over Burns 25 to 22, Westside beats Greenwood 31 21, South Point over Indian Land 19 to 7, 
Lamar over Hannah Pamplico, 15 to 8. And we had AC Flora, 35 to 21. If you're not involved in our Pick'em contest, be sure to get involved. Uh, I know it's late in the year. You may have missed the boat on the yearly prize. We still do weekly prizes. It's a lot of fun, uh, makes the games more interested, makes you keep up with more than just your team on Friday night. Uh, so it's a lot of fun to, to continue to do. We love doing it so we can keep track of the scores throughout the, the games on Friday and just a lot of fun to do. And we thank our, our partners at Hannah Engineering uh, for putting that on for us each week. Kev, I'm going to move into the scores for this week. If you see anything or you want to stop me and talk about a particular game, I'm just going to run through these scores and then we'll go from there. All right, so the first one, we have Lakeview knocking off Latta 26-6. Spring Valley beats Fort Mill 28-21. Uh, Denmark Olar beats HKT 39-28. Gilbert over Orangeburg-Wilkinson 38-7. Clinton rolls Woodruff 59-20. The big uh, this- story there, Drill, uh, we talked about it, you know, in our, our Friday Night Spaces. Quarterback for Clinton going down, uh, Austin Copeland, quarterback slash safety, actually. Um, not sure – 100% what it is, they're, they're thinking it's a, it's a lower leg, possible ACL, hadn't got that confirmed yet. Uh, will be a tough loss for the Red Devils going into the playoffs, of course, here. To lose your starting quarterback and starting safety is kind of a, a double, uh, you know, a, a, you hit twice at that one, which is tough. But uh, Clinton continues to play good ball. You just hate to see something like that uh, to a contender for sure. Yeah, unfortunately, that was the theme on Friday. You had some some pretty critical injuries there. Uh, definitely want to send prayers and thoughts to that young man. Hopefully, it's not as bad as it seems uh, going into it. But um, I'm sure, regardless of it, he'll come back. And um, he's he's a really good ball player. It's definitely a bigger blow on the defensive side for Coach Campbell and that Clinton Red Devil defense. Uh, but moving on, we had AJ knocking off Central, thirty-one to six. They continue to play great ball. Blue Ridge beats Carolina 42-6. Well Branch over Allendale Fairfax 21-0. Powdersville rolls Southside 49-6. Stratford over Wando 20-14. Cross Schools beats St. John's Christians. Oh, excuse me. St. John's Christians beats Cross Schools 61-20. Clarendon Hall over Dorchester Academy 40-24. We had Ridgeview blanking Westwood 36-0. Cross over Military Magnet 42-0. Baptist Hill beats Burke 36-6. James Island, another team we don't talk enough about. They beat Bluffton 56-10 to 10 on Friday. Oceanside blanks Academic Magnet in John's sneaky good game of the week, 55 <laughs> to nothing. Fort D beats Stahl, 48-0. Chester over Emerald, 33-13. Lexington, in walk-off fashion, knocks off White Knoll, 36-33 in a very, very good ball game. Yeah, I believe they're up 23-3 to or 20-3 to there um, and, and kind of let uh, White Knoll slowly come back. Big game for the quarterback for those guys. You'll hear his stat line here in a little bit, but Jonah Norris goes off again. Going into overtime, White Knoll gets the ball first. They miss a field goal. Lexington comes back, runs it three times, kicks the field goal. They win the ball game by three. You know, Coach Wilbur has his guys played some great football, uh, setting up a big-time matchup with Dutch Fork this week. But big win for Lexington. They're playing great. And, you know, and hats off to Coach Pelham there at White Knoll, too, a, a team that has suffered two tough losses in a row. Kind of helps those guys get off the mat, even though they're down big early. Keep fighting there. He's doing a good job with that program and really, you know, kind of helping them uh, build build it up and even turn a corner a little bit, it seems like. Couldn't have said that better. That's, that's a really good point. Marion, the Swamp Foxes knock off Lee Central 56-6. They're a sneaky team. That offense is so dynamic. Uh, JL Mann, they bounced back after a tough one last week, winning 21-14 over Malden. Congrats to Scoot Watson and the boys there. Midland Valley, they knock off Aiken. Not sure if Trayvon Dunbar is back for Midland Valley, but they've started to get something going here on um, the middle late part of the season. They win that game 70 to 33. Wagner Sally beats Richbring Minetta 20 to 3. Ware Shoals over Calhoun Falls 62 32. Fairfield Central, they continue to play well. That's a, the dynamic offense led by the, the quarterback McMillan. They win that game 60 to 12 over Columbia. Uh, TR falls to Chapman 54 to 13 in a critical region matchup. Chapman's playing much better ball late in the season. Chesney knocks off Black, Blacksburg 28 to 25. We have Buford over Chesterfield 49 42. Carver's Bay beats Scott's Branch 15 to 6. Northwestern pulls away late over York, winning this game 45 to 17. 
Wahala over West Oak, 44 to 14. Poor West Oak, they are not having a good season. Catawba Ridge over Lancaster, 60 to 14. That Catawba Ridge Copperhead offense is starting to find its groove along with that defense. Kev, this is one of my favorite teams in the state. So, so talented Catawba Ridge is. Yeah, you know, they were rolling. They, they've been obviously undefeated, playing great all year, but the offense didn't seem to be there early in the year. Had a lot of couple, you know, 20-ish point games there. Didn't really seem to have an identity. weren't really playing great. They've kind of figured out, figured out the last couple couple weeks. Put up some big numbers there offensively. They've got it going on that side of the ball now. Getting hot at the right time. Um, set up some big matchups here in a couple weeks for those guys in that region play for sure. Most definitely. You have Lawrence fighting off the Furies comeback from the Wade Hampton Generals of the Upstate, winning this game 45-35. That's a good bounce back win. They lost a, a crucial game to Riverside last week. Uh, Christchurch knocks off Dixie 48-6. Look off Elgin, man. The Demons pick up a much-needed victory. I think this secures a playoff berth for them. They knock off Richland Northeast 35-28. Uh, Keenan beats Eau Claire. 62 to nothing. We have Loris blanking Georgetown 48 to nothing. First game, uh, they've the got new quarterback played well yeah. for those guys. So that's a, that's a good sign for the Loris Lions. Uh, Calhoun Academy knocks off the Kings Academy 42 to 13. Again, Dorman beats Burns 25 22. We had Laura Richland knocking off Swansea. Laura Richland, one of the disappointing teams on the season. We thought they'd be better behind that stud wide receiver, Nate Branch. Uh, but they win this game 42 to 13. Lakewood knocks off Marlboro County 50 to 22. Uh, that's an impressive win for Lakewood there. Calhoun County beats Blackville Hilda 32-20. Goose Creek picks up a nice win over Cane Bay 36-21. Uh, we had South Aiken scoring points again. They win 62-21 over Airport, th Airport excuse me, Thoroughbreds, I think, are going to be close to that, that two seed in that region if they keep playing well. 96 beats Liberty 28-21. We have South Florence rolling Myrtle Beach 56-21. Uh, Bruins, best team in the state, in my opinion. Wren beats Palmetto 43-21. to Ashley Ridge over Berkeley 21-20 to in a good ball game. Southside Christian knocks off McCormick 42-7. to Lawrence Manning over Augusta Christian 26-19. to Riverside, they get the offense going. They beat Eastside 48-13, you know, building off that big win over Lawrence last week. The Great Collegiate War Eagles lock up the region there. They win 54-12 over Newberry. I don't think it was that close. Yeah, Gaffey. fifth straight region championship for Great Collegiate. Uh, I think those their seniors have not lost a region game. Uh, they're playing some great football. Yeah, you know, that's a, a huge region draw. They play seven region games, eight or something yeah. like that. It's a big number. So those guys have been have been really good uh, this year since they all got off to that tough start, playing some great football here, heading into a bye week now. Um Logging up that number one seed, they're playing really good behind Coach Holmes and those guys. Really got a jump start after beating a tough Camden team. That was kind of what changed their season. That They they scheduled pretty tough uh, non-region opponents early on, took a few losses, but they're, they're back in stride. Got to watch out for the, the War Eagles there. Gaffney wins a close one against Bowling Springs, 19-7. This Gaffney Indians team is really up and down. Seems like they play to the competition. Uh, some more injury news there. I know they had a tough one. Uh, don't know the specifics, but Brayshawn Littlejohn, kind of the heart and soul of that defense, uh, went down on Friday night. Yeah, tough uh, tough injury there if he's out for any guys a significant time, especially coming up the game against Dorman, where you need your linebackers to help stop that run there. Hopefully he's okay and back. But I just talked to some folks here. It sounds like Gaffney kind of was sleepwalking a little bit Friday night. Uh, you know, didn't have their their A game there against Bowling Springs. A young Bowling Springs team under Coach Real first year there, really trying to, you know, do a full rebuild. Expected this game to be a, a little more out of hand there. But hats off to Coach Real. Those guys were fighting hard. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Gaffney let them kind of hang around, it sounds like. But, you know, Bowling Springs didn't give up. They're playing hard for Coach Real. They'll get it figured out. But the Indians get another win, even though it wasn't pretty. A region win is always a good win for sure. Tough to play Bowling Springs, you know, after that high, you know, that overtime win over Spartanburg the week prior. Uh, but they got it done, and uh, that's all that matters this time of the year. C.A. Johnson knocks off McBee 34-26. Uh, we have Andrews beating King Street 42-14. Uh, West Florence knocks off Wilson. This is a Wilson team that's really, really struggling after, you know, showing some flashes early. Uh, but West Florence wins this game 45-7. to uh, Kevin, I can't wait for that matchup against mm -hmm. South. Uh, coming up in a couple weeks. Nation Ford beats Rock Hill 41 to 28. We had Johnsonville sneaking by East Clarendon. Uh, East Clarendon team is not very good. Uh, but they win this game 14 to 7. The Golden Flashes are making me nervous. 
Buford Academy beats Thomas Hayward 31 to 27. That's Silver a big ball. win for Buford, a team, you know, they had a couple tough losses the last few weeks. You know, they start off really hot there in 2A. Thomas Hayward, obviously a class down from them in Skiza, but that's a big win. A Thomas Hayward team that is can play with anybody. They beat a, a 4A school, Trinity Collegiate, earlier in the year, can really score on anybody. Buford had a big win over those guys Friday night. Moving on to another big one. Silver Bluff knocks off Saluda 27 to 15. This is a big game uh, for Malik Williams. Uh, they're able to, to take control of this game late. Saluda drops its second game in a row. Silver Bluff starting to play much better. They lost a lot from last year's uh, you know, lower state championship team there, uh, but they're they still got their stud quarterback, Malik Williams. Um, and they seem to be playing a much better down the stretch. Yeah, Coach Brian has his guys figuring it out. I think they've got a chance still to win the region now with that win. So big for those guys. They're getting, you know, getting older, getting growing up a little bit as the season goes on. Uh, you know, tough loss for Saluda back to back is not something we thought was going to happen there for those guys. They're still a, a tough team, a great team. But now you're looking at having to go on the road early in the playoffs. Not something you want to have happen. Uh, that was a, a big loss for the Tigers, but a really big win for the Bulldogs as well. Yeah, it's crazy how quickly things can change. Saluda goes from being the top-ranked team in 2A to now staring at a three-seed in their region. Uh, just shows how crucial these late games are in region play. North Central knocks off Sherrall 32-23. We had Brooklyn Casey beating Dreer 42-13. Crescent beats Pendleton. Pendleton loses back-to-back -back games. Uh, Crescent wins 28-21. Congrats to them. Conway over Sockesty 20-17. We had Blythewood knocking off Clover 21-7. Dillon continues to roll. They beat a very good Manning team 43-20. Crestwood over Darlington, 41-7. Greenville blanks Pickens, 56-0. Big-time game from MJ Bennett, the stud wide, junior wide receiver for the, uh, the Red Raiders there. Also had his birthday yesterday and committed to the Red Hot Tennessee Vols. Um, so congrats to MJ Bennett. Louisville knocks off Great Falls, 56-6. Louisville just continuing to play well this season. Strom Thurman. Builds off that win over Saluda last week, winning 51-7 over Pillion. Hanahan knocks off Battery Creek, 38-7. Battery Creek had been playing much better, uh, but that's a good win for Hanahan. We had Wilson Elko beating Whitmire, 20-12. Lucy Beckham just continues to win. This is probably the story of the year. Lucy Beckham wins 19-17 over Hilton Head. Another big Maybe game from kicker Jack Wheel. I think he had four field goals, uh, I think, Friday night to win that one. Kicker of the year, for sure, for the Lucy Beckham uh, Bengals. May River knocks off Carlton County 46-7. Bamberg Earhart blanks Bethune Bowman 53 to nothing. We had Pinewood, Pep, Pinewood Prep, excuse me, over Hilton Head Prep 48-7. Wilson Hall beats Florence Christian 21-20. Batesburg Leesville gets a win over Fox Creek 21-13. Abbeville blanks Landrum 48 to nothing. Dutch Fork getting healthy and getting right late in the season. They beat Chat, or excuse me, Chapin 51 to 0. Barnwell sets up that crazy matchup with a win over Ridgeland 56 to 6. That crazy matchup, excuse me, against Woodland next week, probably for that region championship. I think that's region six down there. Um, easily beats Berea 56 to 0. Bulldogs might be the worst team in the state. Um, we have Ainer over Waccamaw 30 to 7. Williamsburg Academy over Orangeburg Prep, 54-27. Lee Academy over Conway Christian, 43-14. BHP beats the Fountain Fury, 71-7. Marquise Henderson extends his streak of 50-plus yard touchdowns in that game. Hartsville knocks off North Myrtle Beach, 49-0. Phillip Simmons over North Charleston, 42-6. St. John's over Burke, 36-30. And that was actually from two weeks ago, and that is the scores for this week, Kev. Yeah, lots of good ones, lots of really crucial region matchups. We'll have another slate of those again this Friday night as well, Drill. But let's take a look now at our stock up, stock down from Founders Federal Credit Union. A couple teams I've got on stock up. You know, uh, Northwestern is one, a team that after that gapping loss we were kind of worried about, they bounced back with a couple really big region wins, not even close, you know, just blowing out some, some York teams uh, with York and Lancaster, the guys like that. Big win for those guys. And a big win for Goose Creek too, a team that was – so down early in the year, uh, I think, you know, couldn't be anybody. Came back and beat Kane Bay Friday night. A big win for Goose Creek and the Gators there. Stock up for Northwestern and Goose Creek for me. Let's give uh, let's give some love to some lower classification teams in Silver Bluff. Coach D'Angelo Bryant's got his young team playing well at the end of the year. That is a huge win over Saluda. 
that's probably going to propel them to at least a two seed. So that way they get to host a playoff game. Just an enormous win. Great performance by one of my best favorite Twitter handles, uh, Big City Leak there. Uh, the quarterback is Silver Bluff. Um, then we got Lamar picking up a big win over Hannah Pamplico. You know, get it done with the defense. This is a game that we really are, excuse me, a team we haven't talked much about, uh, but they've played really good, really consistent football through the season. Yeah, two more. T.L. Hannah, we talked about them earlier, the game we were at, you know, winning uh, a game over Hillcrest. Uh, you know, T.L. Hannah a little bit down this year, we feel like, from their previous years. We thought they were. But they come back and have a, bit, a great win like this to win a region championship. They've had that one loss, kind of, you know, kind of a weird loss here to West Side, but they played some great football there. Stock up to those guys along with Lakewood. Big win over Marlboro County, big region win there. Another team in kind of that area. You know, we talk about the Sumter teams where usually Sumter gets all the shine, but Lakewood and Crestwood are pretty good too. Lakewood had them a great year. Stock up to those guys as well. Lakeview, they win a very, very impressive uh, rivalry game, if you want to call it a rivalry game, because they seem to win this more often than not. Uh, but they knock off the Latta Vikings 26-6. Uh, to uh, Very big game from Shahid Dawkins, correct? Yep. At Lakeview. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, just a big game from him. He's just a dynamic playmaker. Uh, so congrats to them. And then AC Flora, the Falcons, I mean, they continue to get it done. Coach Ken Floyd, his first year, um, obviously that program was left in good hands by Coach Dustin Curtis, who is now at Dorman. Uh, but they just continue to ride their stud running back, Markel Townsend. Um, he had an impressive performance in a, maybe one of our players of the week. I'm not sure. Yes, and a couple of skis of schools here at Buford Academy. We mentioned a minute ago, a big win over Thomas Hayward, a big bounce back for those guys that kind of, you know, sputtered a little bit the last few weeks. Big win there for the Eagles. And then PD Academy, one of our games of the week there, winning, uh, you know, not just winning the game, but kind of, you know, what went into that with everything the past couple of years, losing those guys. Big win for PD Academy over Hilton Ed Christian. That puts them uh, on stock up alert for sure. Big win for the Golden Eagles on Friday night, Jarrell. Let's – uh. Take a look now at stock down. If you don't have anybody else that you want to put in there and stock up. No, I think we're ready for stock down here. Awesome, awesome. Let's give a couple of yours, and I'll throw back a couple of mine here on top of yours. All right, so we got to go with Seneca to lead this thing off. You know, this is a game that we went to last season in Daniel Seneca, thinking that finally, you know, they would present some competition. It was actually a pretty close ball game last year, not so much this season. Uh, coming off a really big win over Pendleton last week, we think that they had some momentum going in to face the Daniel Lions, and they kind of just fall flat there. Uh, so we've got to give them stock down. And another team, uh, West Ashley, you know, they were playing some really good football early in the season. They've gotten into region play, now dropped two in a row, uh, really get blown out by Somerville. wasn't really close in that particular game. So stock down to West Ashley. Yeah, Myrtle Beach is one of mine. Uh, the defense is getting destroyed right now, uh, you know, giving up 82 to Hartsville two weeks ago. 50-plus to South Lawrence this week. You know, a team that we thought had kind of figured it out a little bit a few weeks ago is starting to kind of get get a couple nice wins, put things together there. You know, played West Lawrence very tough on the short week there. Like, okay, that's not a bad loss, but the last two have been really bad for those guys. Uh, you know, Coach Wilson uh, is trying to figure it out, but they're in a tough spot for sure. And you just don't get any breaks in that region. No not no weeks off for sure. Same thing here with Indian Land, another region where you cannot have a down week, and they've had a couple in a row now. Losing to uh, to Northwestern and then South Point, tough losses for those guys, but you, you can't afford them uh, back to back in region play. Yeah, and another team is Latta. It's a team that we thought was you know playing better. They get in this rivalry game. We think they have a shot against Lakeview. Uh, they lose by twenty points. Uh, so you know did hear some things that they didn't play their best game, uh, but definitely got to give them stock down to the Vikings um, and Marlboro County. I don't know if we mentioned them yet. Uh, give them stock down. They just just didn't get it done. <clears throat> Another a 20-plus point loss on Friday night. Yeah, the last one here, kind of an odd one, uh, was actually a team that won, and that's Johnsonville. Uh, you know, sneaking by East Clarendon there by seven points. East Clarendon, a team that has not really competed with many guys this year. Um, in Johnsonville, you know, supposed number one team in the state, compared, you know, in some polls, that's not a great win. They've had, and they've had a couple of close ones lately. You know, they beat Hannah Pampico by a point. They won another game by a point. They're, they're winning, which is a huge, huge part of it, of course, but you like to see them blow somebody out every now and then. Yeah, that's uh, not a good look. Like you said, you know, seven-point win over East Clarendon is not a good look. And those one-point victors, I mean, they're just sneaking by teams. And, you know, this is a team that because of their record, everyone keeps ranking high in their polls. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't even have them ranked in my poll with the yeah. way that they've played the last few weeks. I don't think they're a top-five team 
could be. We'll see here in a few weeks when we get into the playoffs. No doubt. They've got a lot of talent with Shippy and Coach Cribb does a great job there, but we'll see what happens. Um, that's been stock up, stock down for Founders Federal Credit Union drill. Let's take a look now at our players of the week for week eight. Lots of great nominations. Again, appreciate you guys sending those in. Keep shooting those to us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, whatever you want to do, send them over to us. Love to hear from you. Love to get some more great nominations each and every week here. For sure. And we'll start like we always do with our three winners for this week. Then we'll rattle off the nominees um, in those impressive performances that didn't make the cut. Uh, but the first of our three winners is someone that could have won every week. And that's Bryson James, a running back linebacker from Clinton. Um, he has 16 carries, 193 yards, three touchdowns. He also is a two-way player. He plays linebacker for them. Uh, so he never comes off the field. This kid's gotten it done in special teams all season as well. Uh, but they pick up a big win over Woodruff. So congratulations to Bryson James, the do-it-all athlete from Clinton. Uh, moving on, Markel Townsend, again, we've mentioned him throughout this show. He's one of my favorite players in the state. He's the running back from AC Flora. Uh, don't have a carries total for him, but I got 220 rush yards, three touchdowns. Also had a 32-yard passing touchdown in their big region victory over Irmo. Markel Townsend, another kid that could win every single week with his performances has really just, you know, kind of put the team on his back. They've had to bring in a young quarterback this season at AC Flora, and Markell just continues to get it done every single week. And finally, Ian Grissom, the young quarterback from Louisville, big-time performance um, against Great Falls. He went 13 for 20, had 271 passing yards and five touchdowns. Um, Ian Grissom is a, a player that we're going to keep an eye on for the next couple of years. Uh, but really gets it done. Again, our three winners this week are Bryson James, running back linebacker from Clinton, Markel Townsend, the running back from AC Flora, and Ian Grissom, the quarterback from Louisville. Yes, three great players there, three great performances, Drell. Let's take a look at some of our other our some of our other nominations here. Logan Cauldron from Hillcrest mentioned him earlier, 195 total yards, two total touchdowns there. Cam McMillan from Fairfield Central, 10 for 13, 277, two pass TDs and a rush TD. Dash Reader out of Christchurch, seven carries, 143 yards, four touchdowns, crossed over the 1,100-yard mark this week, I believe it was there. Aaron Pulliam at Woodland, 16 tackles, two tackles for loss in that big comeback from, from behind win there for them. Ty Greer at Fairfield Central, two rushes, 80 yards, one touchdown, three catches, 80 yards, one touchdown, and an 85-yard kickoff return touchdown. Big game there for Ty Greer. Uh, a previous winner, Santori Jones at Cross, 11 carries, a buck 81, two touchdowns. Hudson Spivey, quarterback at PD Academy, 14 for 22, 182, one touchdown, 18 carries, 86 yards, two touchdowns there for him. Dallas hit at Strom Thurmond, 105 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Jonah Norris, every week he's on here, Drill, 31 carries, 199, four touchdowns. Kamadi Maxwell at Lexington, six catches, 124, one touchdown. Landon Sharp, quarterback at White Knoll, missed him earlier, 27 for 38. 440 yards, three touchdowns, nine carries, 17 yards, another touchdown there. Big game for Landon Sharp. Hassan Lee at White Knoll, six catches, 137, three touchdowns. Demarius Foster at Dorman, 35 rushes, 175, three touchdowns. Drew Spires at Richard Wynn, nine catches, a buck, 21, two touchdowns, and four rushes for 38 yards. Rob Sanders at Riverside, 18 for 24, sorry, 18 for 23, 234, two touchdowns, 286 total yards there for him. And then Justice Lomax at Ware Shoals, 25 carries, 296 yards, four touchdowns for Justice. Big game for all those guys. Appreciate everybody shooting out the, the, the nominations to us. Love to get those in. Love to have them from us. Uh, you know, just drill. It, it's been fun each week picking these performances because there's been so many really good ones across the state, it seems like, every week. Yeah, it hasn't been fun for me, though. It's been tough, man. This is hard. Like, <laughs> these guys are getting it done, man. It's so hard to pick between these performances. Again, like two winners we've had this week, we literally could have picked them probably six or seven other times yeah. throughout the season. That's how good these guys have been. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun. We really appreciate all the submissions. Uh, finally getting on those stats lists, which is great. Uh, but just continue to keep balling. Um, and just really excited to see these guys get it done Friday night. Very proud of the accomplishments for these these awesome players throughout the state of South Carolina. Yeah, it's been great getting to to learn about more players and more names, see some great stats. This has been a, a really fun thing to do this year. But 
Let's give a quick shout out again to our sponsors here, Drew, before we sign off for the week. Get your head in the game with Founders Federal Credit Union. See how Founders membership could elevate your financial game. Train your financial skills with our wide array of financial tools and services. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com today to see if you qualify for membership. Relax with Founders Federal Credit Union. Carolina Orthopedic and Neurosurgical Associates is our Game of the Week sponsor. Kona offers the most advanced training and experience in orthopedic surgery, neurosurgery, sports medicine, and pain management in the upstate. Kona offers a synergistic approach for the spine, skeletal system, nervous system, and supporting structures, meaning total quality care for your optimal health. Three convenient locations in Spartanburg, Duncan, and Greenville. Go to Kona.care to learn more about Kona services. That's C-O-N-A dot care. Well, Drew, that was another great week of South Carolina High School football. You know, lots of great games, lots of, uh, you know, big-time performances, a couple injuries here and there, which was not, you know, not something we want to see, a couple upsets, things like that, but another great week. If you guys tune in for the first time, we really appreciate you. Subscribe, like, share our podcast here on Spotify, Google, Apple, et cetera. Check us out at moveandchange.com, M-O-V-I-N-C-H-A-I-N-S.com. Our new website's got all our links on there. Also, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Move and Chains. YouTube, Moving the Chains as well. Drill and I do this live. Uh, Drill and I do this recap show on Sundays. Typically comes out to recap the previous week. Do a live preview show with John Epps on Tuesday night. So, well, check that out. We've got a lot of great interviews coming out for you guys. We've got one last week with Stuart Young from Saluda that's out now on our platforms there. Got a couple, a couple other cool ones coming out. We've got our polls dropping uh, Tuesday night. Definitely stay tuned for those. Our weekly pick em contest comes out Tuesday as well. And then Friday Night Spaces on Twitter has been a lot of fun to do. Basically, it's a quick recap show we do where you can kind of get involved yourself. You can hop in there, talk to us about the game you're at, ask about a game. It's been a lot of fun to do, Jarrell. I really enjoyed that, getting to hear from different coaches and fans and players across the state. It's been really neat, but a lot of cool stuff coming up. Of course, as the playoffs get rolling, we'll do even more. So, any else I'm forgetting, Jarrell, that we've got going on right now that folks need to tune in for? No, I think you hit it all. Don't forget to like comment subscribe on everything that we have out especially on social and, and please go visit that website we worked really hard to get that live this summer so just go check that out be sure to, to talk some junk in the locker room um then just go back watch all those videos watch all these interviews um especially the previews we, we got we hit on some good ones man where some some really great stories i keep going back to that lucy beckham one just mm-hmm. so awesome seeing that story you know come to light this season um as they continue to play good ball through this season but uh, just really excited about <clears throat> what happened in week eight. Saw some regions get locked up. Week nine, we should see some more get locked up. Uh, but I'm more excited than anything to make my first trip down to Barnwell for this pivotal game against Woodland. Should be a great time. Um, really just happy. And I can't, ex- I can't, you know, Sedarian Harrison and Tyler Smith. I cannot wait to see these two kids hey, d- football on Friday. Don't forget Clay Pender and Cam Pringle, too. So, we got, I mean, stars all over the field Friday night down there at WW Carter. So, if you guys are at that game, come say hello. Love to shake your hand and, and you know, talk some ball. We we'll definitely do that. But for Jarrell Hendricks, I'm Kevin Thomas. This has been our week eight South Carolina High School Football Pre-Show here on Moving the Chains. And we'll catch you guys next week.